0: What's your weird story? Hello, Weirdsville! It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. With me, Adam Beebe, host of the What's Your Weird Story podcast. The podcast of true stories told by the people who experience them. All kinds of experiences, weird experience. Unusual experience, strange experiences, true crime type experiences, uh, funny story experiences, adventure story experience—all these things that happen to people, just like you or me, uh, or or them, you know, like or that guy over there in the corner. Yeah, don't look at him too much; it'll freak him out. But he's probably got a story. Everybody's got a story. We love hearing them. That's what you're here for we got all kinds of stories and it's not just me that is the host but i have always had mike here with me my co-host uh my homie my ombre um my 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 man of of arm i don't know my home my my boy uh my dude my Send Smiling Sensei, Barry Johnston. Hello, Barry. How are you?
1: (laughs) How are you, Professor? How are things in your
0: world? Oh, yeah. Lovely, man. You know, I guess. You know, we're doing good over here. Um, Hey, you know what? I want Again, uh, I want to publicly congratulate you here on our regular podcast um, for the release of your uh, band album, uh, Sudden Moves. Thanks, by, by By Lisbon, the band of Lisbon. I wanted to congratulate Thank that. Thank you, man. It, it's good stuff, man. Um, I hope everybody out there in Weirdsville has had a chance to listen to it. And I hope they've had a chance uh, to listen to our special episode yes. of Spin Jammerama, the ones we break out every once in a while, um, to do that. I know somebody uh, had been told me, a little bird, Uh, had told me that for some reason that episode is not on iTunes. So if you listen to our show on iTunes, um, you might want to jump over to another podcast uh, platform, uh, another podcatcher, to listen to that uh, special Spin Jammerama episode where we talked to Barry and uh, well, I talked to Barry, and because Barry, you know, he thought—I mean, he talks to me as well—but I'm the host singularly on this event, and I talked to Barry and his bandmates, uh, Micah and uh, Ryan. Um, so check that out; it was fun. Yeah, it was um,
1: great. We had a good time. Yeah, it,
0: was, it was a good, good, yeah, a good time, and and it, 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 a nice break from uh, the um, weirdness, the high strangeness. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I mean. It, you know, it was in, in its own right, there was some weirdness there. I made sure to bring a little.
1: <laughs> in the best way possible. Yes. Yeah, we, no, it was, it, everything's great. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's it kind of a monkey off your back, if you will. You know, when you work on a project for so long, it's just like you get over it and you're just ready to mm-hmm. get it out there. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really good, man. Um, feedback's been real nice. So, you know, we, it's the kind of thing where it's like, we're probably not going to play shows or anything. So just getting it out there and, and let letting people hear it in any way, you know, shape or form is, is a, is a cool thing. So, um, yeah, again, thanks to everyone who's had a chance to check it out. And, um, And the spinjammerama was a lot of fun. I don't know why that... uh, iTunes has some issues sometimes with things. And I've heard other podcasts mention that they... When they put out little... Like, they'll put out a little snippet of, a like, an ad or something. And for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, iTunes doesn't pick it up. And anyway, uh, I I actually went over to Spotify to make sure that uh, everything was up there. And I've never had a problem with Spotify. So...
0: Yeah, and of course, you can always go to uh, our website, uh, yeah. com, and listen to all of our episodes, all the stuff that we've put out. All those episodes are there, available uh, to listen and download for free.
1: Absolutely. And sp- speaking of a great episode, we have one today. Our old friend Ron has come back, and uh, we meander, and we go to places uh, that are far out there and uh fun to talk about yeah oh yes
0: yeah great 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 conversation that we had with ron ron returns to us uh he had spoke to us oh probably about a year ago or so um he had witnessed a daylight daylight daytime sighting of a ufo in california where he lives and uh, you might also remember uh, Ron is an animator and uh, we talked about that with him last time and a little bit this time as well because uh, there's some that that touches on his stories but he's got a whole bunch of stories from when he was younger, a lot of strange things, a lot of unusual uh, kind of, you know, coincidences. Maybe they are coincidences, maybe something else. Um, a lot of high strangeness going on there. And also just great conversation. One of the things that we really enjoy getting into these great conversations with people when we wander around and we just let it roll. And so, you know, we go everywhere from grandpas to AI to, uh to lucid dreaming and uh, broccoli people, and uh, and everywhere in between, man, it's a fun one. It's a it's a fun one. So, Ron, thanks for coming back. Thank you for joining us again. What's your weird story?
2: Thanks for having me. So, cool. nice. uh, the the last time I told the story about seeing UFO yeah. here in California, 2014. Mm-hmm. Now, this time is uh, just a compilation of a bunch of weird stories from the rest of my life from before nice. 2014. And I want to make a distinction before I start, uh, because you know this because this, it has to do with the kind of stories I'm going to tell. So, as you know, there's like different compartments of the brain, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's uh, some scientists say it's not exactly so much left brain and right brain, but overall, it's still kind of that. Like you know, you have the logical, mm-hmm. reasonable side, and you have the creative kind of uh, ditzy side, yeah. you know. Um, and I very much live in the in the right brain, you know, in the creative. Era, yep. the creative yeah. side but this the, the part of my brain that processed that saw and processed and understood the ufo a few years ago that was the left brain that was the logical yeah. mathematical side that was like because i was you know i was looking at it i was trying to measure the distance with you know yeah. eyeball it you know and try to see and like Looking at details and making sure that I wasn't hallucinating and that it was actually really there. And, you know, for the audience, rather than rehash the whole story, just audience can go back and listen. But there were a few things that led me to believe, no, this was actually physically there in the sky because of the shadows and the lights and all that stuff, you know? Sure.
0: You can can go back to episode 188. Right. uh, and, And all episodes available on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Uh, official website: whatyourweirdstory dot com. Sorry, I had to get exactly. get my announcer voice and on for that.
2: <laughs> so, so for so that's the distinction I want to make. So that was the part of the brain mm-hmm. that was processing that experience. These were very much on the other side. Yeah. On, okay. uh, on the creative, esoteric, oh, nice. ethereal okay, side. Nice. Nice. You know. So uh, I'll start. I'll start with a fun one. Um and maybe that is a, a little more in the left brain too but you know it, it, they get increasingly weird as we go. Let's start with a fun one from my early early childhood. Let's say I was about 3 years old, 3 mm-hmm. or 4 and it was in Disney World. Um and I grew up in Miami which is about 4 hours away from Disney World but because it was that close we went a lot when I was a yeah, kid, yep. you know. And um this is one of the first trips that I remember going on though. I must have been about 3 or 4. And my brother and I, who was my brother's two years older, so he would have been about five, um, we, and he remembers this too. That's how I know I'm not making it up or imagining it, because my my brother remembers it also. Nice. And I confirmed with him before I came on. I was like, "Hey, this really happened, right?" He's like, "Yes, it absolutely awesome, did." Awesome, awesome. Oh, so sweet. my brother and I were following Chip and Dale around Tomorrowland in mm-hmm. Disney World. This is before Epcot was built. Yeah. Uh, this is you know it was only the Magic Kingdom sure. that was the only park, and uh, so we followed Chip and Dale around Tomorrowland, and they were in like their spacesuit outfits, but you know still had the Chip and Dale heads, mm-hmm. and we followed them back to, I guess followed them a little further than we were allowed to follow them. We followed them back to like the cast members only oh, okay. door. Yeah. You know. Okay. I couldn't read yet, but I deduced later that's what was sure. going on. You know, yeah. and. They, I guess, whoever was in the costume realized that these two little kids were following them. So they turned around and they sang a song to get us to leave. So that, that's the wow. weird part. Now, here's the weirder part, is that the voices that were coming out of the masks, uh, out of the costumes, were Chip and Dale's actual voices, like that you hear oh, wow. in the those high-pitched, sped-up voices, now, I guess you could argue that, you know, I was only three. It was over 40 years ago. I I may have misremembered it or added to the memory as time went on. But like I said, my brother and I haven't talked about it in a long time. We did talk about it a lot yeah. then when we were little. But, but uh, we have not talked about it, in, let's say, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I just mentioned it to him. He's like, no, it happened and it happened that way. And I should also add my brother and I hardly ever remember anything the same way.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's
2: strange. He, he there and we're like, no, it happened this way. No, it happened that way. No, the dog was yeah. this size. No, the yeah. dog was this size. Yeah. You know, and like it, it, it's it's one of the few things we still argue about at our age, you know, but uh, <laughs> that's you know, so cr- But he remembers it the same way I do. Wow. So it did wow. happen. And uh, I'm, I just, you know, to invoke some logic, whatever, maybe because it was probably women in there it's usually yeah. women who the, the smaller characters in the park so they were probably actresses and probably could do the voices but how they got it how they got the the pitch up like yeah. that yeah and how and how they uh how they were able to sound exactly like chip and dale and also it didn't sound muffled okay. to me you know like uh, i've done you know later on as as a teenager as a young adult i worked for uh a birthday clown company and I had to do like costume stuff mm-hmm. and anytime someone's in a costume the voice comes out muffled but yeah. this and I should also add it wasn't that supernatural cuz the mouths weren't moving the eyes weren't blinking or anything even though nowadays some of the costumes can do that like the new Mickey head and all that can okay. do that um this this wasn't happening like they were just the faces were frozen in that mask expression wow. but they were song to get us to leave, and th- th- it was it was like, hey, go away, don't stay, stay away, yeah. whatever. That's sort of how my brother and I wow. remembered it, and so we turned around and we left, and even though I was only three or four years old, it still stuck out as like an amazing experience, because we, we already understood they're not supposed yeah. to talk, and yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not really them, it's not really the actual characters, it's people in costumes, yeah. but... Your your ability to play along and suspend disbelief at that age is much stronger sure. yeah. than it is when you're older. Absolutely. You know? yeah. well, so when
0: you're, when you're that young, you yeah. may be th- you know a lot of you thinking that this is maybe the real thing. You know, of course. Yeah. And and you're in the Magic Kingdom. You're there in Disney World. So or yeah, Disney yeah Disney yeah. World. So it, it's a real place, and the 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 line between. Mm. Um, you know, reality as we, as a grown up perceives it in a child, you know, is different. The imagination and reality are very, very much closer yeah. and, you know, re- and can bleed into each other very easily. Um, and, you know, it. I was going to say it's probably, definitely probably was women in this uh, as playing those characters. Yeah. But the fact that they have been. I mean, you, they must have like been trained to sing that song in that voice, you know. Yeah, because, you know, because like, because I mean, that would seem very much of Disney protocol to do something. However,
2: like that. also maybe not because you know they're they're not allowed to talk. And from what I understand, uh, you know, because I'm a big Disney fan, have been my mm-hmm. whole life. Um, even like when they're on the parade route, right? And yeah, and they have to walk into the area, like when the parade's over and they walk into the area that they walk into that, that the tourists aren't allowed to go back to, they have to stay in character. They can't take their mask off. They can't, they can't break character in case anyone sees them. Like once they're around the corner and like in the safe spot, then they can break character, take the mask off, take the wigs off, whatever, you know? Um, So I would imagine it might've been their own thing, like whoever the actors were, you
0: know?
1: Um, I forgot. I forgot so it's, it's, that they're not supposed happening. to talk. Yeah, I forgot.
0: Right, they're supposed to right. keep that illusion yeah. to get on. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of weird rules that for mm-hmm. our Disney protocols that have to be followed. Like you can't point with a single finger; you have to point with two. Right. Um, um, because in some,
2: you as to why that no.
0: is, some well, in some cultures, it's supposed to be it, it's it's uh, impolite. But in, mm-hmm. but according to at least Disney legend. It's Because Walt used to always point with two fingers. But Walt right. also always had a lit, lit cigarette. <laughs> so that's yeah. why he just... <laughs> he <laughs> airbrushed the cigarette out of his hand in the photos oh. because they didn't want to
1: encourage kids to sleep. Oh, no. wow. So, oh, that is amazing. Yeah. That's great.
0: I'll tell you, yeah. another thing, and, and Ron probably knows about this, is that beneath uh, any of those Disney attractions, Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Europe, wherever... There's a network of tunnels yes. underneath that is for mm-hmm. park employees only. Yeah, and, Disney that's in Disney World, not land,
2: because okay. Disney World is actually the park is actually on the on the second floor. Oh and, wow, okay. And the and the underground underground quote unquote tunnel is the first floor, and you're walking around up on the second okay. floor.
1: Okay. Wow. And a,
0: yeah. That's yeah. It's crazy. That, Are, no, go ahead. I went. So, uh, yeah, go on. I was gonna say I went uh, when I was about, I think twelve, maybe. Yeah, I think it was around twelve. Uh, my mom, the last time she took uh, the three kids anywhere together on vacation, <laughs> my brother who was probably he was sixteen, my sister was thirteen, I was twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took us to Disney World, and uh, uh, she signed me up for a. Uh, a tour that they gave kids who were, maybe wanted to be Disney artists oh, yeah. or cartoonists or, or whatever. Oh, I've heard
2: about that's that. That's cool. Too. Yeah.
0: yeah. got to go. It was rad. It was really cool. And one of the cool things that we got to do is we got to go behind the scenes. We got to go down in those tunnels for a little oh. bit to cut from one building to another. And wow. that was like a special, special deal yeah. because regular public doesn't get to yeah, do that. That's cool. You know, for the longest
2: time, like even into my adulthood, I I didn't understand that, like, the say for the Haunted Mansion ride, mm-hmm. that the ride itself is not actually in the house. Like when you walk up to the house, mm. that mansion there, like I, I didn't understand that the house was just a facade and the ride is actually way behind it, like in the woods, you know, in like this big warehouse thing. Yeah, that, That's what it is. I thought somehow they were able to cram all that stuff into that tiny little house (laughs) that they have. I don't know. And this is like into my adulthood and knowing how this stuff works. I didn't, it just never occurred to me like, Oh, that's how it works, you know? But someone, someone who worked there explained it to me and like, no, there's a, there's a tunnel that goes back. And like, that's, that's that tunnel that you're walking on with all the portraits and everything. And then the ride is in like this big warehouse. Well, sorry to ruin.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I went there too. I think when I was probably, I'm going to guess around 10, and, um, what was the, um, what's the ride? the, was it, uh, the ride where you get done and then you take the, you can kind of, um, you, you, as you're walking out, you're looking at like all the futuristic, like stuff. Is it what, 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 what ride was that? Was it was a roller coaster ride. Space, Space Mountain. Mountain maybe? Uh,
2: oh, uh, Space yeah. Maybe that Mountain. was yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but man, I just remember just being totally entranced by the whole experience, you know. Where you're just like, you know, I guess, um, you know, what's what's uh, reality versus what is, you know, um, imaginary. It, they do, or they totally. they used to anyway. I haven't been in such a long time. Used to do such a great job with that, and uh, mm. that could have been part of what you're experiencing too. Some of that tra- you know, trans, you know, trans. You're in some sort of trance state or something, you know, like. Uh, yeah,
2: maybe. Yeah, it's certainly easy to get into yeah, one
0: there. Yeah. you know? Exactly.
2: Even but, you know, I, I don't adults. mean to be, I don't mean to be judgmental or whatever. But you know, um, and I'm not. You know, do, do whatever you want to do. Have fun the way you want to have yep. fun. But one thing I never understood is like people, like adults or whatever, or teenagers who go and feel like they got to get high when they right. go there. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm, you know, if you got to get high there, of all places, like I think you're missing right. the point. You know yeah, what it's I mean? its own high. It, yeah, uh, for some people, it can be enhanced the experience. From I never understood yeah. that, but you know, I've always been so. Um, on that, on that okay. topic cool. uh, of being in the trance state, I haven't. I have my oh, next cool. story. Cool. Uh, so um, this was from around the same age, let's say three years old. Mm. Um, and this I later, and at the time uh, that it happened, I thought it was just a waking dream, but even then. I didn't know the term waking dream. I just knew that I woke up, and at the end of the dream, the characters that were in my dream were still there, which I'll get to at the end okay. of the story. But I found out later that, you know, when I was researching some stuff, like when I was a teenager, I was much more into that, like, esoteric, spiritual mm-hmm. stuff than I am now. Like, like you know, I was really into, like, Carlos Castaneda and uh, – and, and, and uh, the Celestine prophecy, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing, like the idea that you can, that your consciousness can enter another realm and, yeah. and all that, I was fascinated by that stuff. Um, so as a teenager, I realized that this experience when I was three was actually an out-of-body experience, oh, wow. more than it was a dream. So here's what happened. Um, and before I, sh- I should explain what my room was like. So I was, my brother and I at that age shared a room and, um, my bed was facing, my bed was against the window and was facing a closet with, uh, with accordion doors. So not a walk-in closet, just, yep. you know, Yeah. and, uh, and there was a top shelf on the closet with, uh, with some blankets and stuff. One of which was this like rainbow colored blanket that my aunt had knitted. And then, uh, the ceiling in my room was what they call a popcorn yep. ceiling
3: mm-hmm. with,
2: and, and I noticed, um, you know, going to bed every night, looking up at the ceiling, there was like this little hole, like, you know, like a pinhole, but I could see it right above my bed. So I fell asleep, and the first thing that happened, as is described as often happening with out-of-body experiences, my consciousness, or my soul, whatever you want to call it, floated out of my body and looked down to watch myself sleep watch my body sleep and then i floated up and up and up and and here's where it kind of turned into a dream more of a dream-like experience i floated up and up and as i was floating i was also shrinking and shrinking smaller and smaller mm. until i was small enough to fit into that little pinhole oh in the ceiling oh wow. and then i climbed i climbed through it and then i was greeted by this broccoli character who I thought was like on this show that I used to watch when I was a kid. I think it was called All Kinds of Vegetables. But I think maybe you remember no, that show? No, I
1: don't. I, I, I don't, but I love I love but the name, man.
2: <laughs> I looked it up recently, uh, and the show was real. It was a real show. But uh, the character that I thought was a broccoli was actually like a spoon. So, you know, in my three year old brain I interpreted that it looked like a broccoli to me yep, on my TV. Yep. So Okay. That's how it so this that broccoli character was leading me around this dreamland. But it was like, you know, a magical Candyland Wonderland kind of place that every three year old kid would want to go to. Sure. You know, lollipop trees and, and, and rainbows and unicorns and fantasy creatures and, and rides and, and swings and slides and, and all yeah. the stuff that like a three year old kid would want to see, you know? And and a lot of other characters too. Um kind of similar to Disney characters, but not exactly, you know, just like those cute, fun, huggable kind of characters, you know? And then, so I had this great time with these characters and then eventually the broccoli guy kind of said, Oh, you know, it's time to go back. So he led me over, over to like the end of the land there and to step down into my closet, which, you know, onto that top shelf, which was facing my bed and he's, and there was a slide. He put me on a slide And I got on the slide and I went down and started going faster and faster and faster and gaining more and more and more momentum until I, like, was, like, rocket speed and then slam into my body and then I woke up. And I read later on, years later, that that is exactly what people who have out-of-body experiences uh, experience, that, like, they sort of go faster and faster and then, like, slam into their body and wake up. Wow. Wow. So I woke up and I looked – at the closet and standing there on the top shelf. And again, I'm awake now. I'm not asleep anymore. And I'm not dreaming that I woke up. I'm actually yeah. awake. Standing there at the top shelf are all the characters from the dream waving goodbye to me. Wow. And,
3: uh,
2: Wild! Wow. And like the more the more my eye, open my eyes got, the more awake I got, the more they just kind of faded, melted into that blanket, that, that rainbow colored blanket that my aunt had knitted. And then I just went about Damn. my day. Wow, now, I knew enough at three years old to know that that was an amazing experience, and you know that's why forty-something years later I still that's remember amazing, it. That's amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. And it was. Imagine to my surprise, like I even tried to make when I was like twelve. My art teacher suggested. I don't know how exactly she knew that story because I, I I don't remember that I told it. I don't know, but my art teacher suggested I make like a comic book out of it or something, and uh, showed me Little Nemo in Slumberland, which is, you know, like an old-time comic book by Winsor McCay, and it was a very similar kind of experience, you know, like the the kid in his pajamas having this adventure in dreamland, and then goes back to his body, you know. But I had, at years old, I had not heard of that uh, project, you know. Um, So I always remembered it, and then, like, years later, as a teenager, I found out, I was reading about out-of-body experiences, and I was like, Hey, that matches that dream I had, yeah. you know, and, and so at that point I started to try and have one on purpose, yeah. yeah. But uh, I never quite could. The closest I came, and I, I'm still honestly not sure if this might have just been a dream, but like I, I was about 16 years old. So fast forward forward several years, I was about 16. I already had my driver's license, and let's say it was about 2 2:30 in the morning. So I was supposed to be asleep consciousness, whatever, like I, I could see someone's point of view, I don't know if it was my own or, or whatever, but I was driving a car that wasn't my own car around my neighborhood at night, and uh, kind of aware that I either wasn't in my own body or was seeing maybe what someone else okay. was seeing, or wow. I don't know, but that could have just been my imagination. You know, I'm not so, I'm not so invested in that being true, mm-hmm. that I'm willing to that I'm not willing to like say it was sure. me
1: imagining a dream. That sounds but so... That's the closest that, I come that, to... Uh, no, yeah, I was no, just going to say that sounds so much like a... the 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 uh, We'll say the trip that you took when you were a kid like sounds so much mm-hmm. like a DMT type trip where like you're yeah. just sort of experiencing this thing. And like the thing that makes me say that is that you, you experience yourself like getting small or, you know, like really... Mm-hmm. Which is very observant of you as a kid to to be able to put that together and like mm-hmm. it's lived in you for so long that you over time just have put the pieces together that it's fascinating. That's a fascinating. I don't know that I have in any. I have memories from when I was very small, but like they're just little snippets. You know, I don't have any nothing like yeah. this where it's like I have a you know you have a very vivid thought of. A, 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 a dreamlike state, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. out of body experience type thing. That's that is a that's amazing, dude. That's a great story.
2: Thanks. I think. Uh, and I, yeah, <clears throat> I, I do too. You know, in terms of like, I don't remember day to day, but I remember like certain yeah, memories yeah. from that time stand out, and like I remember details and everything. Like I'm rem- probably, I would say probably my earliest memory that I can pinpoint. Uh, would be going to see Superman when I was two years old wow. in the movies. Wow. Cause I, wow. came
1: out yeah.
2: I wasn't even two years old yet. I was, because my birthday's in yeah. the summer. So I was maybe not quite two. Um, but I rem- what I remember about it was the movie theater that we went to had what at the time to me looked like a porcelain statue of Superman hanging from the ceiling, like in the flight posts. Yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So we're like looking up at at him flying. It was probably cardboard, but. It looked like porcelain or something,
1: you know,
2: and, uh, and that night, because I was still sleeping in a crib, I climbed up out of my crib and I jumped out trying to fly. (laughs) (laughs) And I landed on my shins and it really hurt. I remember that. And I crawled to my parents' room and woke my mom up and asked her to put me back to bed. And I stopped sleeping in a crib after that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that's probably the earliest specific memory I can think of. Um, but a lot of stuff from around that time, That's I remember, cool. like I remember moving into my house. I don't remember the place we lived in before, uh, but I remember. So maybe as you know, it must have been earlier because I was already in that house when the Superman thing happened. But it was probably around that same time. Um, I remember the day we moved in. I remember the, they brought the furniture because I was disappointed because we had our my brother and I had a little slide, you know, like that. You could keep yeah. indoors. Mm hmm. Um, and we had the slide in the living room and it was empty. So we were like keeping it as, uh, as like our playground kind yep. of, you know, indoor playground. But then we brought, when they brought the furniture, we couldn't use right it as yeah. a playground. Anymore. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Wow. Um, there is one thing that I wish I remember from that age that my mother tells me I told her, she said, when I was uh, around two years old, I told her that I said, I saw angels watching me while I slept watching oh, over me wow. I don't remember that at all I have no memory of it whatsoever I don't remember even knowing what an angel was or knowing the word angel at wow. that age yeah you know but she she tells me that I said no that and I and I was very specific I said angels I guess there were two of them and I don't know uh but I don't I have no memory of that wow. whatsoever so
1: interesting my mom's word for it
0: that's yeah i think well circling back um i think yeah that, yeah i think that the uh broccoli uh i think that's your spirit animal yeah, um, <laughs> <maybe so>. <laughs> <laughs> cool I,
2: I like map. broccolini a little better so maybe yeah. that's what it was right but, yeah, yeah it, it could
0: right. <laughs> um but yeah i also like i can remember being uh, probably around two and escaping uh from the, the crib and getting yeah i have a memory of that it. too i've got yeah. some Early ones so maybe, that. maybe
2: it's a fairly common, like, pinpoint memory for a lot of people yeah. to have. You know, day yeah, you graduate, sleeping in a crib.
1: Right? I, yeah. I I specifically remember getting out of my crib, crawling into the uh, we had a, we had a, a dining room and a kitchen that were kind of like together, but they were separated by a little island, little bar piece. But my dad, my dad was a uh, was a tobacco dip guy, you know. And so I, I, I crawled up on somehow I got onto the counter and I grabbed his skull, popped it open and just took a bite out of it. Like I was eating like a, like a muffin or something, dude. And I just proceeded to just yak everywhere. And and my mom, I, I I just remember all this. Her holding me over the sink and just washing my mouth out with soap. But I had to be like probably that that same age, man, too, probably because I was still in a oh, crib.
2: So I bet, I bet you never tried. Oh, it dude! Again. I oh. to
1: this day I can't I can't dip. I've tried, but I, I can't. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I I, 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 I remember that remember. story, Barry. I remember I hadn't heard it in for a long time, but I remember your dad especially telling that yeah. story. But I have I have a very early memory of Barry, so probably I wouldn't say probably three or four. Uh-huh. Uh, and we're at his house because I know it was before kindergarten, yeah. uh, but we're probably three or four at his house, and uh, we're playing in his room, and right across the the, um, the, the hall from Barry is the, there the bathroom he shared with his sisters. Yep. Uh, and there was like, they had a sink and then the shower and then the, and then a toilet and the, yep. the yep. you know, and that's why it was kind of almost in its own little yep. room. Yep. Um, and, uh, and like the parents, his folks were at the other end of the house yep. and, uh, we're playing, and then Barry disappears, and I, you know, I look for him, and I go and I find him, and he is by the toilet, and his head is down in it, and he's drinking <laughs> water. Out of the like a dog. Hey! And I said, "You're not supposed to yeah. do that," and he says, "The dog
1: does it." <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs>
0: I
2: wasn't going to tell this one, but I, I will because i So when again, when I was three, we we got our first dog, family yeah. dog. Uh, her name was Brandy. She came to us uh, pregnant. She she was a stray, a street dog. She dug a hole in our hedge, and gave birth to seven puppies. And uh, I still even remember the puppies' names. You know that but it was God knows how wow. many years ago. And my brother considered it his birthday present because it happened around the time he turned five. And so we considered it like a birthday present from, I don't know, from God, whatever. And, uh, you know, begged our dad to let us keep her and and we did. But we kind of raised the puppies for the first few weeks, whatever, of of however long we kept them before we gave them away and kept Brandy. But again, kind of at that age where you don't quite distinguish between reality and fantasy always so well, we watched the cartoon Underdog. And we got the idea that we could maybe teach the puppies how uh, to fly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so yes, we were,
2: we were tossing. We took one or two of the puppies, and we were like tossing them between each yeah. other. Thankfully, we didn't yeah. hurt them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom caught us before we we did, but we yeah. were in trouble. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We never did that. Yeah,
1: again. that's hilarious, so, man. That's that is a hilarious. very. Uh, I had two little boys, and they were always up to stuff like that. So. Uh, and you yeah. know, it's funny too. Cause you're like, when you hear it explained like that, it makes total sense in your mind. You just thought, Hey, yeah. I've seen this yeah. happen before <laughs> on my, on my yeah. cartoons or whatever. And then like, that's a logical thing for a, a child to do. Um, it's funny though, man, that's hilarious. Yeah. I
2: love that. child yeah, logic, man. Right. Yep,
1: yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. So, um,
2: my next story, is from a few years later. I was an older kid, a preteen, you know, let's say 10 okay. years old. Yeah. And this was mid to late 80s. And claymation was the most popular form yep, of animation. Sure. Uh, Will Brayton was supreme, you know. And to this day, it's still my favorite kind of animation, even though uh, professionally it's the kind of animation I've worked in the yeah, least. Let's, so let's talk it's about, real quick, the, just
1: so people know, you're an artist and you've done all kinds of stuff. Uh um, yeah, and and so that's part of your background, just so people. Yeah,
3: check it, out my it, show, it, Gorilla it,
2: Bella, it, it, on DreamWorks TV.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, yes, I'll say that again. Uh, check out Gorilla Villa on DreamWorks TV, available yeah. on Amazon Prime and YouTube. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, w- I worked in animation my my whole career, and uh, probably because it was a lot harder for me than than for other kids to let go of that childhood fantasy brain, you know, I, I was able to hang on to mine a lot longer than other kids I knew who kind of outgrew theirs, yep. you know. And, and it made me sad at that age. You know, I, w- I wanted to still very much live in that, like, fantasy land and be mm-hmm. able to play pretend and all that stuff. By the time the other kids were just like, nah, that's kid stuff. I right. don't care. But um, around age 10, let's say, I was super into claymation. And luckily uh, for me, there was a store nearby uh, called Get Smart. I don't know if they have that where you guys grew up. It's I think it's like a school supply store. They they sell like stuff for teachers and for students, okay. but specifically for schools. Get okay. Smart. I think it's still around. I don't know. Um, but uh, so Get Smart was selling this special brand of claymation clay of, of like plasticine that was like advertised that Will Vinton Studios uses this kind of clay to make their claymation. And I was actually getting pretty good at it. Like, it, you know, I I was kind of obsessed with it. You know, I would I would always had like a little ball of clay in my hand. I was always sculpting a new character mm-hmm. like I, I was really into um, Will Vinton's Mark Twain mm-hmm. movie that he did. Oh, yeah. yeah so I yeah, did yeah. my own version of like all the Tom Sawyer oh, characters, nice. you know, uh, but my version, not like imitating. Right. it. You know, I just wanted to I, I was I love that whole story and the whole like mythology of Tom and Huck and the whole thing and um but I was frustrated because Get Smart only ever had three colors of clay or four at first they had uh, like a dull red a dull yellow a dull blue and off-white and I did what I could mixing those colors together and I tried to like do an experiment with a double boiler where I added like paint or whatever to, to try and mix okay. that in. But it, it you know, I was experimenting a lot and it didn't quite work. And then one night out of the blue, you know, one night I'm, I'm sleeping and I have a dream. And in the dream, I'm wearing a yellow t-shirt and I'm kind of looking over my own shoulder in the dream. Like I'm watching myself from okay. afar okay. in a way while also kind of seeing it from my own yep. point of view. And I'm I'm looking at the shelf, I'm in Get Smart in the dream, and I'm looking at the shelf where they kept the clay, and they have this huge, wide array of colors. Like, every color you can imagine. Like, deep purple, and forest green, and turquoise, and navy blue, and bright white, and dark black, and charcoal gray, and bright red, and orange, and and all these different flesh tones, and like, just everything you could possibly, that any claymation artist could ever want. And I was thrilled. I was like, oh man, I want all of this. And the next day, I woke up in the morning. I just thought it was a dream, like, you know, a wish, wishful thinking kind of dream. But at the top of my drawer is my yellow T-shirt. So I put it on and went to school, had a normal day. Mom came, picked me up from school on the way home. I said, hey, uh, can we stop at Get Smart on the way home? She said, sure, no problem. Uh, She was very accommodating like that, you know, which I I still appreciate to this day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we went to Get Smart, which was not on the way home. It was kind of out of the way. But we stopped there and I walked in. I walked over to the shelf where they kept the claymation clay. And exactly as I dreamed it, down to the last detail, every single color was there. there, Exactly the way I dreamed it. Like no different. Like it, you know, it, the the dream was so vivid. Like it, it kind of burned an image into my mind. Like I could still yeah. see it when I my eyes, and there, exactly the way it looked in my dream was all wow. the clay. So we bought a bunch of it that's and amazing. took it home. And I, I was. What do you think that? What do you think it.
1: about that? I mean, do you think that's just like sort of uh, just pure happenstance that that happened, or do you think you received some sort of signal from the universe or something that was like? I don't know. spark something in your head. I, that's
2: I. I'd like to think yeah. it's that, and I. I really did think it was that for many years until I started to watch a few things on YouTube. Like there was a there's a British magician, a mentalist uh, named Darren Brown. You know, you know who he is.
1: I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't.
2: Um, and he's he's very clever, and he's like many professional magicians, a huge skeptic, a huge atheist. Yeah. You know. Doesn't, you know, believes religion is a scam and psychics are a scam and none of this stuff is real. And with his show can kind of demonstrate how he does, how to induce a psychic episode in somebody, how to make someone think that they thought of something. So I thought maybe it was a spontaneous, like if I'm looking at it from the left brain, the logical brain, maybe it was a spontaneous occurrence of that. Sure. Right. Yep like like maybe it was um maybe there was a catalog that was open at the cashier's desk or yeah. something the last time i was at the store and i saw the the maybe the recommended display yeah. that they said we're going to send you all this clay and here's how we recommend you display it or whatever sure. or maybe i overheard somebody who works in the store talking about it and sublimated it and then forgot about it but then it popped up again in my subconscious sure. That's the logical explanation. But in terms of, and and, or a friend of mine, my skeptical friend who I mentioned the last time I came on, uh, who I told about the UFO, you know, when I told him this story, he's like, yeah, but dreams kind of morph and memories kind of morph as you go on in time. So that could be it too. But the way I remember it was I dreamed a very specific array of colors in a very specific formation on the shelf. And then in the store, it looked exactly the way I dreamed that's, that's it. That's so cool. So
1: I don't
0: know how to explain that. Yeah. Well, like you're not. The, I mean, obviously, we know that you're not the only person who's had that kind of precognitive type dream, even if it's yeah. as little as this arrangement was in this way, or like, you know, you're wearing a shirt and then a certain event happens, or whatever, you know. And it's you, you know. know. The fact that, you know, you were, okay, yeah, you were we- wearing that yellow shirt, you had this dream, in the dream you wore the yellow shirt, so then, okay, well, I'll wear the yellow shirt anyway, and then, right. you know, you said, well, you know, that happened because I was wearing, in my dream I was wearing the yellow shirt, so let's stop there, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it could be very, it could be a, just a incredible series of coincidences. Right. Yeah. But there's no such thing as coincidence. You know, right. there's, there's there's strings of events right. that happen. And yes, there are random things that happen in the universe. There's chaos. But, you know, why can't something that happened where, you know, you're just somehow able to perceive yeah. an event in advance, you know, or, you know, or how? I mean, we don't know. And it's, it's really, dreaming is still something we don't understand totally the mechanics of, it, right? You know, so it's you know, who, who's to say that if you have a dream and something happens and then it happens, you realize it happens, you know? Is it deja vu, uh, or is it like deja vu, or <laughs> is it something where you <laughs> I'll have to do that? Yeah, um, but is it or is it something where you know uh-huh. you? Um, because one of my, uh, Mr. Mays, who was one of our uh, high school teachers, science teacher, um, he he always said deja vu could be explained away as the fact that your brain is, uh, that you're seeing something or you're hearing something. Your senses are working faster than your brain is to take it in. So your brain has a bit of hesitation and it's just like, then it recognizes it and then it's like, oh. Wait, I've, I've seen so this like before. It's like a duplicate or copy
1: like or something that's like it's offset kind of like, in time yeah, like, or something. In, right. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Interesting.
0: Yeah. But, you know, so it's kind of like, or, you know, that it's just like your brain can't think as fast as your as information is coming right. at you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but but typically in cases of, of deja vu, it's a very minute, very little thing that happens. Right, right. You know, it's, right. it sets somebody off. But you know, when you have more detailed things, I think the fact that things are so detailed about the dream, and how specific you saw things, and the arrangement of things, and you could in time have built up a refined a that memory, right? Into where everything's more polished, but still, yeah. it stuck with you long enough to where you can you know you can pinpoint it down and say, well, th- regardless, this is a really strange. Weird occurrence that happened to me oh, and sure. all, all you know, who
1: are we yeah. do, who's all, the so. all the above all the above my my thought right. my thought right. also too going to that because I've had an experience like that where I've dreamt of something and then it came and then I saw it happen, you know um yeah. and um maybe also maybe the intent and the energy was already put out into the ether that this thing existed, and you just sort of tapped into that frequency for whatever reason, like that, that's, that's another aspect of this whole, uh, human experience that I think that we're Mm. just starting to sort of touch on a little bit and maybe hopefully in the coming years, we find out more about that kind of stuff that, that, um, that, that whatever you want to call the fourth wall or how, however, you know, you. There's something yeah. else that we're attached to in a way that we can't really understand, but it happens like and it also happens also in the reverse and negativity and stuff like that if you've ever had like bad things happen to you in threes or whatever like you know that that kind yeah. of stuff yeah. it that that's also real like and when you're in the middle of it you're like, I wish this would stop now, <laughs> you know? And so yeah, when you have the certainly. positive experience like you had, I think it's also important to go, wow, why is this happening? How is this happening? I want this to continue or um, it's cool. It's cool stuff to talk about because yeah. not a lot of people think that way.
2: Yeah, right. So um, on that note of negative uh-huh. ones, I, I have another okay, one Okay, ni- nice, um, nice. So, and this wasn't exactly a dream, and at least it wasn't a dream that I had, but there were a lot of dreams kind of surrounding the event. So this was about a year after that. Okay. I would have been uh, 11 years old.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, it, it, it's uh, about the, uh, the death of my grandfather, my, my dad's father who lived in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Okay. And, and he, um, so he was killed. He was walking his bicycle across the street for his, going for a morning bike ride. Whenever he would come visit us in Miami, that's that's the thing he would do. We had we had a good relationship, even though we didn't speak the same language. Yeah. Mm. He, he didn't speak any English at all. This this grandfather of mine, uh, my other grandfather, my mom's father, did speak English, and you know it was much easier to talk to. But I had a good relationship with my dad's father anyway because we spent a lot of quality time together. Yeah. You know, and we would go on bike rides together. And I think riding a bike was like one of his favorite things to do, so maybe it's fitting that he died involving his mm, bicycle yeah. somehow, you know, mm-hmm. he was crossing his bike across the street and he got hit by a motorcycle mm. uh, and killed. Mm. And the, the it was an accident. The guy didn't do it on purpose. It was, you know, the guy didn't see him. He crashed into all the people who were crossing the street. Many were injured and a couple, including my grandfather, were wow. killed. Yeah. And, uh So the day that it and Israel is many hours ahead uh, in the time. So we wouldn't have known right when it happened. But let's say around 10 o'clock that night, Miami time, I was sleeping over at a friend's house because his his my friend's mom and his mom's boyfriend were going to run in a marathon or something. And and we were going to help them Mm. with that. So I, I thought it might be fun, you know. And But around 10, I started just getting this feeling of, of dread, like mm. like something terrible did happen or was about to happen, or I didn't know. I just had this really, really bad yeah. feeling. And my mom tells me later that, uh, you know, l- later on in talking to her about this, she told me that she went to sleep that night and had a dream that, she saw my grandfather, her father-in-law, wandering around in the darkness, confused, not knowing where to go or what uh, to do, and a little, a little angel, a little cherub, came over and took him by the hand and led wow. him away. Oh, wow. And she didn't know what that meant, though. And then, the next morning, got up and went to the marathon to help out my friend's mom and his mom's boyfriend, and, uh, but I started feeling really sorry for my father. Mm around 10 o'clock in the morning feeling like oh I better be extra nice to dad when I get home he's 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 probably feeling very vulnerable right now and I don't know mm-hmm. why and uh, and the, nothing triggered that and you know my relationship with my dad was fine but I never had quite that kind of thought
1: yep. about him yeah. you know
2: mm-hmm. and um, so I went home so so I, I got him a t-shirt from the event because I thought he would like it I just got him one because I felt like, you know, be nice, make a nice gesture.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: At yep. home. And I got home and I could see the looks on everyone's faces when I walked in the door that something was wrong. And they sat me down and told me that my grandfather had been killed uh, in in the accident, you know, crossing his bike across the street. And it we deduced later that it would have happened around what would have been around 10 o'clock.
1: Wow. The previous wow. night
2: It was wow. morning in Israel yep. at the time. And, uh, not only that, but, uh, around 10 in the morning is when my father got the call. Wow. You know, I to feel those like, oh, man. Dad, you know, wow. they called to tell him that, that his father had died. Dang. And, uh, and, oh, and here's the strangest part. So my grandmother, that is my, my mother's mother, mm-hmm. my father's mother died before I was born. So I never knew her, but, um, my mother's mother was quite psychic she she knew she just had a way of just like knowing yeah. things, and she yeah. would have dreams and they would come true and whatever. so um, for example, a year or two later, I was in uh, I was in a production of in my junior high I put on a production of Grease yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I didn't get the part that I wanted, uh, and I was bummed about it, of course, yeah. you know um, but my grandma said to me, "Don't worry, you'll play the part. I just have a feeling.
0: Did you want to be Danny Zuko?
2: Yeah, well, I, I, it was Danny Zuko, yeah. I actually, I actually wanted to be Kenickie, because in the show, he gets to sing Grease Oh, Lanky yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah. Things up but in the show, it's Kenickie, yep. right? Yeah. But two years later, I went to a, a sleepaway camp in North Carolina, and what should they do but oh, Grease? Oh, wow, wow. There. And I got cast as oh, Danny Oh, that's Zuko. awesome. So nice. she, she was right. But back to the, the sad story for a second. Sorry. But that's just just to show my my grandmother's yep. psychic bona fides there, you know yeah. how how accurate she was. Um, so uh, my mother called to tell her that uh, my dad's father had died, and before she could even get any words out of her mouth, my grandmother just said the bike. Wow. She wow. like she my mother didn't even say anything. My grandma just said wow. the bike. Like she she. Wow. Died. My grandfather died on a bicycle. Jeez, man. And we, yeah, go on. Yeah. Sorry. I interrupted you.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I, you, it, it's your time to talk and then we'll, we'll come in after. <laughs> so
2: after that, um, I don't know if, I don't know if this is the reason, but after that, the psychic dreams I had were much less specific, mm. much less, me- much more metaphorical. Okay, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of times I would just, I'd get a premonition. And I'd feel like something was off or, or something good was coming or I don't know. And a lot of the times I was right, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: the, the most specific psychic dream I ever had was that one about the clay, and uh, and the, the most specifically negative psychic psychic experience I ever had was when my grandfather died. Um, but uh, you know, a friend of mine who who was into this stuff as well said, you know, you can you can turn like a filter yeah. on oh, if yeah. you want, you can turn through in your brain and. Only let the positive yeah. stuff
1: in. If I, I, I I don't doubt your story one bit, man, because I have experienced something similar to that. And I just think that it, it's another one of those things where you cannot explain it. And until it happens to you, you just can't even like you can't even wrap your head around it. Like, how do you tu- how do you how are you tuned in? And now you're a very you're, you seem to be a very observant person who's very sensitive to things and uh
2: some things well, yeah <laughs>
1: so that that yeah. would make sense too that you you're able to if you get the feeling you kind of uh you 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 push into it you 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 allow yourself to um to experience that so that is yeah. um I believe in that, man. I believe in the transfer of energy or like, you know, somebody's trying to talk to you to get a point across mm-hmm. to you in whatever way. And, and that was clearly the message like, yes, you know,
2: and, and I, um, you know, in terms of explaining that one away with, with the Darren Brown stuff, that's a little more difficult, mm-hmm. you know, the, the claymation one, which was more specific that, yeah. you know, I, I deduced what I deduced and explained it the way I explained right. it in the most Darren Brown way I could, but I still kind of believe there's something sure. else, something higher yeah. above going on and there. Yeah. But with this one, that's I just there's nothing I can think of. My grandfather was in great health. Mm. He, uh, he lived to be, we, here's the other thing, interesting thing about him. We never knew how old he was because he didn't know.
3: Oh, he, wow. he
2: was born in, he was born in Poland. And when he was 10, he had to say he was 15 so he could work.
1: Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Um, because he wasn't allowed to work. And then when he was fifty in Israel, he had to say he was forty, so he wouldn't be forced to yeah, retire. Right, right. So we knew approximately how old he was. <laughs> Give or so take know exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so uh, I don't remember why I don't remember why I mentioned that just now about him, but uh, but as old as he was, he was we found out later, my parents went back to Poland a few years ago. And found his birth certificate. He was seventy-seven. He lived to be seventy-seven. Wow. But we knew at the time he was approximately eighty years old. Yeah. Right. And uh, and he was in great health. He was super strong. You know, riding his bike every day. He he had a full head of brown hair that he didn't oh, die. You know, he had a little bit of gray, but and and a slight bald spot. But he wore a he wore a yarmulke, so you never yeah. saw it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and his hair was still brown and still a full head and really really strong. So if that hadn't happened he might've lived to be a hundred. Right. I don't know. You yeah. know, he was in, he was in great health,
1: but you, you know how, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this and this is like a little bit off the topic, but only to, to bring it back is that, you know, they say that like uh the whole UFO thing happened whenever the nuclear bombs started to go off and it rippled through time. Right. I ca- I kind of feel yes. like these things that happen to us, like with our, with our loved ones, it's kind of like the same thing but on a smaller scale to where it's individualized you know what i mean like these people that mean so much to you when they when they move on sometimes like that moving on point is like they're, they're it's a ripple effect of them trying to get th- through to you in a way and it's yeah it's not worldwide people that don't know this person can't feel that but it's 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 it's, it's very pointed to the people in their lives they love. I don't know. I I feel yeah. like that may be a possibility anyway. I'd like to hope anyway. I've heard,
2: I've heard similar from some people. Sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, let me just finish. No, the no. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I've heard similar from some people that like, they'll hear a trumpet. Right. Or like dream about a trumpet coming from the mm-hmm. sky. And then like a, a friend of mine, that's how he found out his dad had died. Mm-hmm. Like he, uh, he he dreamed about hearing a trumpet coming from yeah. the sky and then woke up to find out that his dad had wow. passed wow. away and the closest thing i experienced to that was when my other grandfather died my my mom's father my american grandfather uh at his funeral we heard this we all heard this trumpet noise come from somewhere mm. there was a fire station nearby yep. so that might have had to do with it i don't know like near the near the sem- near the cemetery there was a fire station but wow. I don't know. Uh, But it sounded like it kind of came from the sky and we all heard it, so who knows.
0: Get this, we call it what's your weird story, right? But we don't limit it to weird stories. It's true. Sometimes we have crazy travel and epic adventure stories. Sometimes we do book reports and other special episodes. Sometimes we'll cover some weird news. Sometimes I'll see one of my oldest, dearest friends just dancing around and punching the air for five minutes before we sit down and record an episode. But hey, it's all good because it's fun to talk to people to make new friends to get in touch and reacquainted with old friends and hear amazing stories knowing now that your your mother's mother had these abilities yeah it then it makes a lot more i think that gives a more credence to you having you know yeah. more of that is in your in your lineage it's in your bloodline yeah, sure. you know as well as like with your with your grandfather with knowing kind of like that that I think like when you know it no kind of you knew you had that dread you know yeah. and then you had it again and yeah. um, I think that there's part of with uh, with it's kind of on this you know not kind of woo-woo but not really. I think that human beings as as a whole as a race. We're one big organi- organism, right? You know, for sure. Yes, we're and on Absolutely. the planet, we're one big organism, we're all connected. Um, we're like cells in a body. And if you're closely connected to a cell, you know, it, through bloodline, through lineage, or through um, you know, just a highly developed friendship or even proximity, if you spend a lot of time around somebody, you might. Suddenly, you know, in the web of life that is, you know, the human element, you yeah. might be, you're, I don't know, I don't, not, not necessarily an electrical field or anything like that, but you may, you may somehow be aware that their presence, yeah, is no longer,
1: yeah, 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 there yeah, yeah.
0: and that it's been taken yeah. away. And, and, uh, we had a, a long time ago, we had a young man come on who, um, had this kind of thing happen to a guy that he worked with where he had a um this feeling or premonition or a dream or something with this guy that he had worked with but like it wasn't like, like, the, like the guy would come in at like I think it was at like a truck way station or something and he'd just come in he would talk to this guy that, that was on our, our guest and they were kind of friendly at work friends um and he was always, like, he was seeing songs, like, he'd make up little s- songs to sing at this young guy. And, uh, you know, they were just kind of chummy. And mm-hmm. um, that he, th- this guy, he passed away. And um, uh, Craig, I think it was Craig that had, he had this dream, this experience, or this, you know, this something brought this guy to his consciousness. He hadn't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. And something had brought him to this consciousness. And he was like, hey, you know, um, you, you know, he asked about him or somehow, but he received word that the guy had, like, just recently died. Like, wow. very, very recently. And it's kind of like that yeah. kind of – is that sparked – was that recollection? Was that idea – to ask and inquire about it was it sparked because
1: he's no longer here
0: he's no longer here or you know and other things you know that may have occurred you know these connections and it was just maybe that guy saying hey man I'm you know passing through one last time or something Uh, you know who knows but Barry you know Barry said that he understood he could feel it because he was there with his grandfather when he mm-hmm. passed and he could feel the absence of him it's again. funny to
2: say that it's funny to say that because when my when my other grandfather died um, my american grandfather who died he died about 12 years ago 12 13 years ago i was i was already fully an uh, adult yep. you know um, i felt like he was still there mm. Oddly enough like I, it's easier to feel that way when someone's stuff is yeah. still around you know yep. what i mean like all his like all his stuff was still there right where he right. left it In in his apartment, whatever. But I just felt like, no, he's he's because my my grandmother was very ill and and she lived and out of it, you know, she had, I think, uh, dementia or something toward toward the very, very, very end of her life. And she and she was not even aware that he had died. And maybe um, he was sticking around, man. I think he was sticking around like, exactly. I'm waiting. I'll catch you. I see. That's you know. the thing. She lived she another that's year. The, or that's so, the thing, she, man.
1: It's like, that's what, what is consciousness and what is all that? It's like, until you're there to experience it. And like in my situation with my grandfather, he was clearly gone. I mean, it was a noticeable shift in energy. And you, if I could right. see his spirit with my eyes, I could see it leave his body. You know, it's just so strange. But yeah. I also mm-hmm. think that. a situation like that could also occur where it's like myself and I, and I, I would say this, maybe this is where religion comes in or, or a a sense of spirituality, Mm -hmm. the strength to be able to let go when it's your time um, is, I think a lot of what spirituality or religion is trying to, to teach us. And, and maybe what I had witnessed is his ability to be able to let go, but also his wife, my grandmother, had been gone for ten years, so it was easier uh-huh. for him to 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 move on. Um,
2: it, right, he didn't have to go. Yeah, if, for if she
1: would have been here, yeah. he would have probably stuck around too. You know, like just because you leave your body doesn't mean that you have to leave the 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 frequency or the plane or whatever that it we reside yeah. in. Yeah. Right. You know
2: right exactly yeah it's amazing it isn't is. it how and you know so many people have so many similar kind of experiences and feelings about this and yet you know you still have people who are just so skeptical they won't, they won't let it in and i wonder if a lot of those people who are skeptical are just that way because they've never experienced it themselves or mm-hmm. they just some maybe it's i've read somewhere it's the pineal gland in the brain that, right. that handles that stuff, you know, uh, maybe their pineal gland is not as strong. I don't
1: know. Or Um, maybe it was taught to them to shut those things off too. You know, that's like, I think that what, what's similar between maybe our upbringings is that our parents, you know, we were, we were, we grew up Christian. You grew up in a Jewish household. I'm gathering. Um, uh, but there is a, right, right. There is a sense of strong sort of, uh, spiritual awareness. And and very intent yes. in this idea of 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 um, God and and energy interplay between people and uh, oftentimes like I look at, at at folks that don't have any faith or an atheist or, or something and um, maybe it's just they they were never they've never experienced that or they they were never taught that so I no matter yeah. what I do like. I can deny a lot of the things that I was taught while I was growing up, but I can't. I can't get rid of this sort of this internal like searching for whatever God is or whatever happiness is. Or it's just it's in there, and I can't do anything about it. You know, because uh,
2: I yeah, I yeah. can't either. I I couldn't get rid of it if I wanted to. It's just it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's in there. You know, I had a friend though who had sort of the opposite experience. Um, he was very atheist like yeah. uh i think he grew up kind of catholic like but not really yeah like like his parents were into santeria and some other stuff but um okay but you know hispanic catholic yeah. and uh he was cynical and atheistic ever from a very young age and like almost angry about it you know like yeah. if anyone talked about believing in anything esoteric he would give this almost like snide kind of response he was Still one of my favorite people. I don't I don't mean to yeah, knock yeah. him or right, judge him right. that. But one day he went to Joshua Tree and did some mushrooms. And in his words, I think the way he described it was he was expecting to just hallucinate like a little elf or something <laughs> walking around behind the tree. No. But instead he said it was as if a veil was lifted on the universe. Right. And he saw like the inner workings of everything. And yep. He suddenly became like he's now one of the most spiritual people I know. That's great, man. Because he's still not religious. Like he didn't come back to Catholicism, but he's like one of the most like highly spiritual guys I've ever known, really, you know.
0: I think excuse me, I think that what you're how you're describing him is, you know, a lot of people will rebel against their parents' beliefs or rebel against their area, you know, the common belief around them just to be just because they, you know, they're a, they've they had the need to rebel. They, there are people who have the need to be contrary uh, contrarians. But, you know, it's also I think there's the big part of it is that maybe they haven't had any kind of experience like that where they haven't, you know, seen the veil. They haven't unlocked their, you know, Heart or their mind to a potential of something happening. and But there are people who have, and they just have had any kind of experience that they can't just fully rationalize away. Right. And even if you can rationalize it away, it doesn't mean that it's any less experience. Right. You can know how you can feel. Like some people will think that, you know, my analogy or my saying that. Humanity is a like an organ, you know, like we're a yeah. giant organism and we're all cells in it. And if you, you know, if you don't understand that, go and be part of a large group. Yeah. Go to a football game or something or a concert, a concert, right. you know, is a good one, too. But like be part of the group. Join in with their whatever's going on, and you'll feel how that changes. You know, mob rules, you know, a mob mentality. We know that we're conscious, we're aware of that. We know that masses of people can do things that individuals can't. They can react, they can, you know, feel, they can do all these things that are contrary to what, you know, a lot of people would individually not do, but you're in a larger group. So it's kind of like, the bigger part of that, you know, I may have a pulled muscle that doesn't want to work, you know, with the rest of them in my arm, but it's going to still go, yeah. you know, for the most right. part, if I use it with the rest of it, because the rest of it is this of the system right. of the creature. Of an organism yeah. is overpowering the ones that are resistant or hurt right. or whatever, yeah. you know, that aren't fit, feeling the fitting in, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. Part so, of the
1: big picture, part of the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah definitely, man.
0: But I guess that um, also goes um, down to the fact that we're just as a, also as a race, as a creation of the, you know, God or yeah. universe or whatever, that we're so yeah. um, self. Centered and self-important, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's yeah. that's also part of our survival. You know, is to be yes. that way. So, yeah. So I got a couple, so got a couple
2: more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time. I yeah. Was, oh, want, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh,
2: I'm gonna move. Uh, so I'm gonna move from uh, psychic dreams to something else. Let's see. Should I go to? I have a few here. Should I? Would you like to hear about? an out-of-body experience of someone visiting me or perhaps a lucid dream I had, or I could tell you both or whichever one you, you want to hear first.
0: You, you could, hey, it's all yeah. up to you. We're just here. Okay. Um, let's, let's do the
2: lucid cool. dream. So okay. you, you know what lucid dreams yeah. are, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the audience. So like a uh, lucid dream is where you realize you're dreaming and you can control right. it. And uh, I've had those a few times in my life, but there was one in particular that was really, that was really vivid and I was able to make it stick for a while. Oh wow! So, in this dream, uh, it began. Uh, Let's—I would guess it happened around 2008 or so. I don't know. Um, in this dream, I was working at an old job. It was a job I no longer had at that point. But like right after I graduated from art school, I went to work at uh, at Universal Studios as a caricature artist. Mm-hmm. And I did—I was pretty good at that. But there were some other guys who were great, and I was like some still to this day some of the best artists I ever work with do that job and like they' they're really they're good enough to be doing magazine illustrations and movie posters and stuff like that but they do that for a living because it's good for them I'm pretty good but I'm, I'll never be as good as those guys but uh, even so in the dream uh, and like I've done that job over the years uh, over say like a 15 16 year period I did it, I went back to Universal or other places every few years when things in animation kind of slowed yeah. down and, and whatever. But uh, so in the dream, I'm back at the job working at, with the first crew that I worked with, who I already had not worked with in, in a number of years. And I'm sitting at the booth and I'm drawing the customer. And the customer is, do you remember there was a commercial from the early 2000s with Penny Marshall and, and maybe Whoopi Goldberg and some other people? And they're all like lecturing this little kid with bleached white blonde hair and he the kid represents like artificial intelligence or something or represents computers or computer yeah. you know intelligent computers or whatever they they never really were specifying what exactly it was but they're all like teaching him stuff and like Penny Marshall is teaching him about how to make movies and Whoopi's teaching him about jokes and other people are teach and he's just and the the white haired kid is just sitting there listening taking it in So in my dream, that kid was my customer, but he's fidgeting and twitching and bouncing around in the seat and not sitting still and not behaving himself and not letting me fucking draw him. And it got it got to the point where I'm like getting frustrated. I'm I'm, I'm like, hey, kid, sit still. I can't draw you if you don't sit still. I got to get a good look at your face. And the more I tell him to sit still, the more fidgety and jumpy he gets. And like he's deliberately doing to piss me off. So my co-workers, uh, they're like, dude, you gotta, just draw the guy. Just draw the kid. What, what, what's the problem? Just do the best you can and give it to him and let him be on his way. I'm like, no, he's got to sit still, god damn it. And they like, just draw the kid. I said, you know what, guys? I'm not here right now. You're not here either. This isn't happening. They said, what are you talking <laughs> about? I said, is, I'm dreaming this. I don't work here anymore. They're like w- w- you're crazy what do you- just just draw the kid i said you know what guys i am so sure that i'm dreaming watch what i'm going to do i stood up and i walked over to the kid and i opened my mouth real wide and i grew fangs and i bit his head <laughs> and
0: uh, and that was yeah. the last time he worked and, at universal <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: uh and and the the guys at the work they're they're like horrified and they're like they're so like oh, oh my god you're in tr- you're in major trouble man you're 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 going to get arrested you're going to get fired what did you just do i'm like i'm tired of you guys i'm i'm now pause it right there cuz i just want to clarify for the audience or anyone future listening i get no joy from biting the heads off of right. children and uh, i've never actually done it i've never really wanted to do it i i don't want to do it i never will do it if ever if ever I get the desire to do it, I will kill myself because I don't want to live in a world where I want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, so it was a metaphor, I believe. Right. It was a metaphor for not putting up with bullshit right. on people. And, yeah. and a friend of mine said, firing clients. And because that kid was that specific kid represented computers, I think maybe metaphorically it meant something about how the technology in the animation industry was evolving so fast and I couldn't
1: yep. keep up with it. That makes sense.
2: Because mm-hmm. I was training. I was trained in traditional hand-drawn yes. animation, which I was doing at that job in the thing. And the computer stuff was just evolving so fast that I couldn't sure. keep up. Yeah. And no matter how much I tried to rein it in, I couldn't do it at that time. Sure. you know, So I think that's what yeah. it meant, more than like I had any animosity toward sure. kids. Because I really don't. I like sure. kids. I like sure. kids a lot.
1: That's pretty, it's um, pretty so, funny though. I got to I got to say there. That's, that's that
2: so anyway, back to the dream. So the, my two coworkers are freaking out. They're like, Oh my God, you're going to be in huge trouble. What did you just do? And I said, you know what? I'm tired of you guys too. I'm t- I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to change the scene. And I snapped my fingers and then I was Tarzan swinging through the nice.
1: trees. <laughs> and, that's awesome.
2: And again, kind of like that out of body experience I had when I was a little kid. Um, it, the, the momentum from like swinging on the trees felt so real, like it, it almost felt like I was actually somehow doing yep. it, you know? Yeah. And then I thought to myself, you know, if I'm Tarzan, I need a Jane. And uh, so there, immediately upon thinking it, waiting for me on a, on a tree branch, uh, you know, some feet below me was the girl I had a crush on in nice. high school. As oh, Jane beautiful. With me as Tarzan. Beautiful. Kind of down, picked
0: her up. And right as it was about to get good, (laughs) of course,
1: of course. Oh, that's great, man.
0: That's a very, that's very much, to me, it seems very much like an animator's dream. Like, you know, like, like those, um, uh, particularly seems like the Daffy Duck uh, cartoons where he is, uh, ha- he's fighting with the animator. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. A, in the it's getting you know, there's erasers and there's he's getting yeah, painted yeah. into stuff, and it's a kind of breaking that fourth wall kind of thing. But that and seems very much like that, funny,
2: right?
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's so uh, great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs>
2: It's one of Chuck Jones's best cartoons. I, I,
1: uh, I, yeah. I hope Chuck Jones, yeah, yeah I, I amazing. hope we can, t- I hope AI doesn't, uh, Suck the life out of our, uh, you know what nice. I mean? Because,
0: yeah. oh, we're we're screwed. It doesn't matter. Just mm-hmm. you know, just, we just got to roll with it, accept it now, and roll with it because we're going to be taken over by the machines. Yeah. So you know,
2: I, <laughs> I yeah. I don't think you're wrong, but I hope yeah. you're wrong about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, I feel that. I, <laughs> I hope you. I, hope I feel the wrong. same way as a musician, man. I mean, I just, I just. Adam sent to me last week or uh, two weeks ago. A ISIS, which is uh, a a -A an Oasis record done by an AI version of uh, Liam Gallagher. A guy wrote the music, but then he put an somehow he he put Liam Gallagher on his record. And these are totally brand new songs that sounds it sounds like Oasis, and it it'll blow your mind, dude. Like if you listen to it. You wouldn't think twice about this not being real, but somehow he did it. I, I'm I'm I was shocked whenever I heard that dude. I was like, "What the oh, fuck is this, man?"
2: Yeah, I heard an AI Beatles song. Did you really? Day. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you. If oh, you want. yeah. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but like they, I think it's maybe an actual song that Paul McCartney wrote and recorded a demo for, but they were able to add John Lennon back onto it, even though it was after he had died and made it like a Beatles. Crazy!
1: Uh, It's going to be, it's going to, as soon as they can get to the point where, and it's going to take some time, but when they can um, make an AI version out of everyone in a band and then have them write a new record. So like the new Beatles record will be, you know, like that, that,
0: I don't think it's that I don't far either, away, man. Barry. I don't it's, either. Unfortunately, yeah. it's
1: probably already you know. here. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, somebody's probably working For on sure. it, and just you know hasn't gotten it out to us yet. We'll figure yeah. it out. We
2: always yeah. do. We'll figure yeah. out a way to make it to make yeah. it ours. You know, that's that's the main thing that I learned. That was the big lesson from uh, from eventually making peace with the white haired kid and learning computer programs was you got to learn it on its own right. terms
3: mm-hmm. and
2: then you can play with it and make it yours. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Not every piece of AI art is going to be good. You know, I, I bet it would be better in the hands of an right. artist mm-hmm. than in the hands of a non-artist. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. like Michio. Uh, that's just being optimistic. Michio Kaku. Is that his name? Uh, the, the scientist, yeah. I was just listening to a little a piece on, he was talking about this too, about AI, um, the chat GTP and stuff. And he did – he brought up something very, you know, critical. He's like, you know, AI doesn't have the ability to to understand what's real and what's not real. So, like, it's putting together all this information, doesn't know – all it is is putting out, you know, spitting out what's been given to it. So, there is a – they don't – AI does not understand um, hierarchies. In, in in human relationships or anything like that so right. it's but who knows in another year or two it'll be
2: yeah it's only going to get stronger right yeah. so uh on that depressing note i have cool. a couple more yeah like to absolutely that. yeah <laughs> um okay so this one is also about an out-of-body experience but it wasn't one that i was having it was someone else astro projecting and visiting cool. me so there was – and I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm not a big drinker at, yeah. or, or a big druggie at, at all. Um, I'm sober most of the time. I think kind of like what we were talking about with the left brain and the right brain, whatever, and creativity. And I don't want it to sound like I'm bragging here. It's just, it's just who I am. I'm already there. Yeah. yeah. Like my, my brain is already there where most other people have to drink or get high to mm-hmm. get to to think of, man, what if the universe was all made of fingers, man? Or like, right, what if, right. like, what if everything was upside down and we were really backwards? And, what, you know, like those kind of thoughts, they're just in my head sure. all the time. I can't get rid of them. And um, other people, like they're just very, you know, straight-laced, math, science, drive my car, blah, 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 whatever. But if they want to unlock the creativity, they got to get high or they got to drink, right? So... Knowing that you know going to college I, I went, when I went to college the few times that I did get drunk, I realized I I don't handle this well so I stopped um, but one night in my like late 20s uh, already living here in California um, I, I went out drinking with a friend and I came home and I passed out on my couch didn't even make it to my bed. Mm. And slept for a little while and then I woke up and again, I was aware that I was awake, but I could not move. I was experiencing some kind of sleep paralysis. Mm. I couldn't even open my eyes. and uh, so like my body was kind of stuck, but my consciousness was awake, fully awake. I knew I could hear the the room noise oh. and everything. And the only way I can describe this, what happened next was my ears tuned in to a different frequency mm. like, as if there was like a little radio knob inside mm-hmm. my head and someone kind of turned it to a different station, mm. right? And immediately I heard a voice, a female voice, one that sounded familiar, but because it wasn't attached to a person, I didn't know exactly who it was. Mm. And the voice said, kind of like almost echoey, like through a veil, like like kind of breaking up a little bit as, as it came through, said the the female voice said wait ron like that Whoa. as if i i understood that to mean wait don't tell me to leave mm. yet um but i at that point i tried to speak with my mouth but i couldn't move all that came out was like this kind of snoring noise like oh, oh, like that you know mm-hmm. but again, i was awake so and i couldn't open my eyes so like kind of just in the darkness i thought what the hell i'll try and communicate with this thing telepathically whatever it is So I just thought very clearly, who are you? Where are you? Show yourself. And in the darkness, through my eyes that I couldn't open, I saw this little pink orb of light kind of twirling in the darkness. And I said to it, again, telepathically, I don't know who you are or what you are, but go away. You're not welcome here. And my thought was, maybe this thing does mean me no harm, but I don't want to open the door. That's something that that could mean me harm. So, so it disappeared. And then immediately I was able to open my eyes and, and get up and walk around. Wow! So I thought nothing of it. I just thought it was, you know, weird alcohol induced hallucination, whatever. Um, But, uh, I told, I told a friend of mine, again, around this time I was hanging out with a good friend who was a hypnotherapist and as into that kind of esoteric, spirituality, consciousness, leaving the body kind of stuff Mm -hmm. as I had been. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that kind of stuff a lot and past life regressions and other Mm -hmm. stuff, you know? So I told him about this experience and he's like, oh, that's interesting. And then seemingly we changed the subject and somehow, uh, this, this girl, uh, was a friend of mine who I'd kind of dated a few years earlier, but didn't work out. And we just stayed friends. Um, I mentioned her. In, in the conversation, seemingly unrelated. And my friend goes like that, like points at me. I said, what? He said, that's the voice you heard. It was her. I said, how'd you know? He said, because my voice just told me. Wow. Wow. I said, okay, I better talk to her then. So wow. I sent her an email. I said, hey, uh, if you're not too busy, give me a call. I got to talk to you. This is too weird. So she called me and... She said, what's so weird? I said, do you already know why I'm calling? Because I thought maybe if she she would remember yeah. it. She said, no, I really don't know. So I told her what happened. And she said, oh, OK, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't remember that. She had no memory of it. She said, but I believe it. I believe it was me because I've been working on that kind wow. of stuff. Like in those months, like, you know, in the couple of years since we had seen each other and talked, she gone pretty deep into this like meditation routine and like even went to India to learn from the masters and all that stuff. And uh had been trying to practice at having an out-of-body experience
1: around exactly when that wow. happened.
2: So she did have one and she reached me and she talked to me, but she just didn't remember.
1: Dang man. That's crazy, man. That's we've had we've that. had a story similar to that sort of kind of, but not there was never a resolve uh, as far as who the other person was, but, but that, mm-hmm. man, that's, that's cool. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
2: totally is. It, it's still, I still, I'm not sure what the alcohol had to do with it. Cause I mean, I've been able to experience similar kind of stuff without any sure. help, you know, without any uh, sure. brain altering substances. It, my brain altered itself, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But, uh, I don't know, maybe. I, I didn't drink... I didn't start drinking more and try and find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, well, it could, it could have been that the alcohol uh, was more of a hindrance to it, yes. to this experience. Maybe uh, so. It could have been that, or it could have been the fact that you just had an altered state of consciousness because of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically... You know when you when you talk to people who are very into uh, much into the uh, into like uh, meditation or uh, kind of out of body experiences or anything you know that we know that like certain substances are enhancers for it, but alcohol is typically not an enhancer for. Any kind of those experiences, just you know, an enhancer getting drunk, it's not you know usually it's not conducive to letting your brain kind of like you know or being drunk. Maybe a few drinks be okay, but being drunk is you know it's 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 a depressive. It shuts you off. Um, Yeah, totally does. So like you know, it could be that you were just able to kind of momentarily move out of that, but, you know, you, you turned it off as well. Um, and so who knows, who knows? It's one of those, again, it's one of those things that's because it's, uh, in the, uh, that paranormal sciences that, uh, we just don't understand. So,
2: yeah. And that's why I think guys like Darren Brown and, and even, uh, Richard, uh, James Randi, yeah, yes, are important. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Who believe in in this stuff kind of poo poo them because they see them as an enemy. I don't. Yep. I think they're they're keeping everybody honest. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because a lot of this stuff is so easy to fake. Yep. Yeah, and even the real stuff is so hard to yep. prove mm-hmm. or at least disprove. Definitely. You know Definitely. what I mean? The the people who get on my nerves with this stuff are the people who just dismiss everything out of hand and say, "Oh, you were just drunk, or you were just dreaming, or, or yeah, right. who just." won't even listen to you. Those are the people that, that annoy right. me when, when this yeah. comes up. The James Randys of the world who make an effort to try and debunk and and or offer a rational, logical explanation, I, I have nothing but appreciation for yeah. those guys because we're they're slowly but surely chipping away at it and getting to what yeah. it is. Oh,
1: there's a lot of people out there trying to profit off this yeah. stuff, too, you know, and that's especially in this yeah. day and age, it's so easy to do. Um, it's always good to be skeptical and, and, um, you know, and because all you're doing is, um, in that, in that kind of a situation is, you know, you're perpetuating this idea that everyone's a quack that talks about this stuff. And the truth of it is, is that there's just things that you can't quantify and it's real and it happens, yeah. you know, and it may not happen on as, as often as people would like it to. This, that's my only rub with like TV shows and stuff like that. And I like watching ghost adventures and, and it's, that's cool, but they, they've they got to come with, come out with the goods. And so I just, oftentimes I'm like, that's bullshit. You know, that's total bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah. they need something to show or they need something to talk about, you know?
2: Yeah. Right. A lot of you know, as we talked about last time, I'm I'm a big fan of cryptozoology yep. as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I've never seen any cryptids. I would love to. I hope I get to see at least one before yeah. I die. But I've never seen any, and I'm leaning toward very much believing in Bigfoot. Well, screw it. Let's say I believe in Bigfoot. Right. I do. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. right? No, I've never yeah. seen one. A lot of the videos that get posted are very obviously somebody in a right. costume. I mean, yeah. it's like you can't. I mean, come on. Like you can see the wrinkles in the pants right. and all that stuff. Or there's one where it's like, uh, like it gets posted on Instagram a lot, where they see these two deer looking at a quote-unquote Sasquatch standing several yards away. It's clearly just a guy in a dark jacket and tan pants. It's a human yeah. being who then yeah. turns around and walks away like a human right. being. Um, the uh, But the videos that are harder to debunk, um, like the, the, the Patterson-Ginlin film, yeah. or even though there is a guy... Even though there is a guy who claims that he was the person in the costume, a lot of primatologists and other people say, no, that that walk is impossible for a human right. to do. And you can see the musculature under the fur, which wouldn't have been possible with costumes in 1960, whatever right. that was. Yeah, exactly. So, so that kind of debate, I really appreciate,
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: you know, of, of like someone saying, no, it couldn't be. And so and the other person saying, well, no, it, it could not it definitely is, but hey, at least it. Could.
1: Anything, yeah. Yes, right? Anything's possible, you know.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And the further along we get in, you know, in in life, I think that where you should be opening your mind to being, you should. I, I, I guess I should start this sentence over again. So it sounds like I have a direction. When you're young, you are a child. When you're a child, the. It could be, or and it is, is a lot bigger than it can't. Yes, you know. And as the older we get, you know, we're 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 put into institutionalized schooling, and we learn, and we're fed information, and you know, we're told to process it, and you know, and be able to think it, use it to come to our own conclusions. (laughs) And so, with but with that in society, and all the things we learn outside of school. Things you know, we try to kind of cut things off to say, well, it couldn't be this. Could we want more absolutes? We want more, we crave that absolute. We crave to know, yes or no, yes, this is where no, this isn't it. And where we should be continuing to be like, okay, well, if that's not, then damn, maybe it's this, right? Or if it is this, then what, why is it that? We should continue on with our. Always with our questioning, always saying it could be yep. and rather than just shutting it down and saying, you know, me, you know, it isn't. I mean, there are obviously the roads, there are roads that you have to shut that you're like, OK, well, it's not that. So we know it's not that. So let's figure out the other road. Right. You know, there are ends, of course, there are things that don't. But we also look, more and more learn things, especially as we get out and learn more about the universe on a macro scale. Yep you know and yeah. get off our tiny ass little planet um we you know the thing the things that keep that we're always it can't be it couldn't be it won't turns out oh well it could be it maybe is it it is right you right know? so you can't just completely shut everything off just because you haven't seen it or you know, experienced it, or you know, you 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 don't know somebody who's directly experienced it, or just because you were taught it couldn't be. Obviously, now you know we know that things can be. we we know that a lot of what we've been taught has been you know to certain agendas, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got to develop in ourselves, and I think that's definitely happened with Barry and I. The for long we, longer that we've been doing this. Yeah. I think we're, we're pretty open-minded to begin with, I think, especially for where we come from, our mm-hmm. small town. Um, but I think we've just grown to be more accepting, like, well, you know, we really don't know how the right. universe works. We really don't know if this happens or not. But we're like, hey, cool. Let's hear about it regardless. Right. Yeah.
2: Now, let me ask you something that makes me think of a good question for for you guys. Uh, and you you don't have to name names if you don't yeah. want to. But as many episodes as you've done of this show, have you ever had someone on that maybe during or even after the episode was done, you're like, that persons full of shit. they That's a complete lie. They made that up. There were no mermaids yeah. or whatever it was they said they saw that it was just a uh, manatee or whatever. you know did that ever I happened? would
1: say it what what has happened is, This is a wild-ass story, and I can't really wrap my head around it, but this person absolutely believes what they're saying, and that experience for them was true. We have had, we've only, out of all the shows that we've ever done, we've only had really maybe one I can think of right off the top of my head that we weren't real comfortable with putting out there because shit got real weird. And it's never it's never really? been released, so it's not like you know they Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. What would you say, Adam?
0: Yeah. Interesting. I, I would I would agree with you that. And it was kind of where Yeah, we got we both agreed upon it. And we kind of like It was, oh gosh. It's it's hard to well, it's hard to go into, it's hard to explain. But it did. It, it 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 seemed like it was a little bit more of a, not necessarily that maybe this person isn't tuned in with our reality kind yeah. of a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe it's maybe this you know kind of like I guess with, you know maybe this person is not mentally stable. Right. Basically, we've yeah. only had really one that we're which is like,
1: amazing if you think about how many shows we've done. I mean, yeah, seriously, really- like. Like this like yeah
0: because everybody yeah. genuine and you know they're telling what they're, their their experiences they you know you can you can tell when somebody's bullshitting right. um, if you're you know a bullshitter can tell when somebody's bullshitting exactly. and uh, we've been both been known to be good bullshitters and making up stories and stuff you know as far as like uh just you know for jokes and for laughs and, and whatnot we that's one thing that we used to do especially when we were younger uh, try to be little tricksters. Um, but, you, you know, we would also, we never let it linger. You know, you always tell people I'm joking or whatever, you know, this is a uh-huh. gag or, or it was obvious, you know, at some point it was obvious. But um, everybody that's been on, all these guests that we've had, um, you know, I just, I, really, I mean, everybody's believed that this is their experience, the things that right. they have, these that they're sharing with us. Those are the experiences that they have, as had. far as we can tell. Um, you know, and you know, and and that's good. We believe them because you know we can't. We don't know their reality. We don't know what their their experiences in their lives. You know, and we don't care. We don't. Yeah. You know, we're not right. trying to prove or just. We're just here to to talk and to have a great conversation and. Uh, just, you know, have that kind of interaction. It's
1: fun to have thought experiments and that's kind of what this whole thing is, man. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you can bring me into your world and like, tell me a story that is, is interesting, man, I'm there, dude. I'm, I'm let's, let's talk it out. Let's like, let's go wherever the conversation takes us, which is, you know, one of the, one of the great things about having you on, man, because you, you've, you've shared such interesting you have a very inter- interesting, interesting uh, perspective and you have a, a, a very observant take um, on these things. And the funny thing is, is that like, even if I don't agree and I'm, I, I, like I've had, we've had people on before where I kind of don't, I may not agree necessarily with maybe their position on some things. There's something about their stories mm-hmm. usually that I can kind of dig into. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so, um, but like like you, for instance, like you jive, your stories jive with everything we've been doing for the past five years. You know, like mm-hmm. we've really delved, delved into these like metaphysical ideas or, you know, uh, med- meditative states or, yeah. you know, parallel universes or what happens when the soul leaves the body like all these things man are just like it's cool to talk about shit with a guy from california by the way of miami who grew up in a Mm -hmm. jewish household man that has had that very specific experience man it's just great it's great Mm
2: -hmm. yeah thanks for having me on i really appreciate it
1: dude i'm so glad that we made this happen man
2: yes me too definitely
1: Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store.
0: Our merch store.
1: I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch?
0: Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch?
1: What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop dot com
0: that's what's dash your spelled Y E R dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop dot com
1: That's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff
0: yeah dude and you know what? If any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas, or has some really cool, what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a T-shirt? Get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen. Man, we could have uh, gone. We could have talked to Ron for so much longer. And yeah. And that we and that was a long conversation that we had. Anyway, we edited yep. out some nice big chunks, but. Uh, still a lengthy episode but uh just good stuff and good just incredible conversations yep. and of course that's one of the things we love that happen out of the storytelling that happen, where you know well, we remember something we share a story um or or you know so just you know somehow we wander into these uh Tributaries in the conversation yeah. off the river, uh, but we always want to come back and we always, you know, uh, enjoy it and we always uh, we're thankful for our guest So Ron, thanks again, uh, and we hope to talk to you again.
1: Absolutely, man. Always a good time. You know, we uh, really do enjoy talking to people and and going into those uncharted territories. It's part of what makes this podcast fun, and is another example of it. And, uh, I just, I loved his, I loved the story, the Disney story that he shared. Uh, that was great. You know, a little bit of, uh, take you back to your childhood a little bit and, and just about them sort of like breaking character a little bit, doing something they may not have supposed to have done, but it was kind of like that entrancing kind of a, of a story, you know, that, that kind of a vibe, you know,
0: definitely. And like the story about how he was you know with his grandfather he kind of was aware that something had happened to his grandfather and something had happened that you know was going to affect his father and you know and so how he was you know he sensed that and uh, you know I do think I get. I said it in the in our conversation I think there's this kind of like field of you know Something beyond, some kind of, you know, subconsciousness. I believe, yeah, you know, or right. something. I don't know exactly, yeah. but it connects us all. It connects all, you know, all. I mean, all human life for sure. Yeah. But I think that it can extend into all life,
1: yeah.
0: And uh, you know, and then everything, you know, and we are because we all are made of stardust. We're all made yep. of the same material or you know on this plane of existence in yep. this pair in this universe we don't know yep. what's going on in the other universes Absolutely. but uh, you know it, there is a connection to everything everything i mean literally everything is everything and it's everywhere all at once yeah. uh, when you think about it um but you know uh just that tight that that connection that was there within the family that within the bloodline you know his father's father and his and you know and he felt he as being his father's son feeling that void that emptiness and that's just really that's powerful man it's really powerful
1: it is it is and always always cool to listen to so yeah thank you ron again and uh hey come on let's talk Get on the podcast Give us a shout We'd love to hear your stories We would love to have Conversations with you uh, Or someone you know uh, Or both of you Or anything in between That's right
0: Really uh, You know We're up for any good story Any subject matter Whether it's weird Whether it's funny Whether it's You know uh, Adventure Or travel uh, Whether it's true crime Or you know encounters with uh, the supernatural and the paranormal, um, you know, or even celebrities. um, You know, we're up for any good stories. We like just hearing your stories and your experiences, and and swapping those you know and swapping stories as well. And it's just what drives us. So we got plenty of open spots uh for this coming month, this month when well, I guess it's now this month in June, uh June and July as we speak, uh, we're booking. Um, so get a hold of us. You can contact us through our website. Um, you can contact us through our email, which is W Y W S P-O-D at gmail.com. You can contact us through our uh, social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram, uh in, and even Twitter. Um you can call us on our hotline, which is uh, 513-909-9821. Leave us a message. You can email us a story if you don't want to sh- uh, talk it, <laughs> if you don't want to tell it yep. uh, with your own voice. You can email it, and we can have uh, our special correspondent, resident Bigfoot expert, and voice of the listener. That's you. Uh, you we can have him, Mr. Jeff Hubbard, read your story. Uh and uh and if, and if jeff's not available you know maybe we could we will find a substitute if uh you know what have you if you prefer a, a a lady to do it or whatever um or if you prefer uh britney spears to do it uh i'll do my best i'll do my best britney spears <laughs> Imitation, do just that again that was dead I, on. That was dead dude, on. I apologize to people using headphones at this right at this <laughs> moment. But anyway, uh, we want to hear your stories, and hopefully, nobody you know had a, a crash or anything just as that happened So, uh, we love you, Weirdsville. You guys rock. Um, it's gonna be a uh, uh, it's gonna be a hot weird summer, and um, we're gonna have a good time um, all the time. Here in Weirdsville,
1: always, man, always.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get All the, right, we got the
1: pool ready. By the way, it's oh. it's, it's open. Yep, nice. Open. Ready for what? Ready, ready for your hot, beautiful. Oh, uh, I'm not even. I'm going to quit there. So <laughs>
0: it's rare that it's, it's rare that
1: it's you who has to stop mid I I wanted to go somewhere, and then I thought maybe I shouldn't.
0: Yeah, you know yeah usually i, I can't stop that's main, that's my problem usually but uh skinny dipping is allowed in the weird school pool um you know and if you don't want to see it you know blindfolds will be provided. absolutely uh it makes for an interesting game of marco polo um but please consent to playing marco polo if you are going to play all right weirdsville uh with that uh weirdness there that barry brought upon uh <laughs> we will see you next time until then be safe be weird as always if you have a weird story we want to hear it if you have a lot of them we want to hear them all we can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions whether it's sharing your stories listening rating and spreading the word about the podcast thanks for listening until next time